This is the Dallas Morning News. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Dallas Morning News. Eat, Drink, DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market. Hey, North Texas food fans. Welcome to Eat, Drink, DFW from the Dallas Morning News. Each week, we dish on the local restaurant scene, food and drink trends, cooking and shopping tips, and unpack everything that makes North Texas one of the most vibrant, diverse, and ambitious food scenes in the country. I'm your host, food editor Aaron Bookie, and this week we're talking to celebrity chef and Food Network star Scott Conant, who's in town for a cooking demonstration at the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship in Frisco. What's he up to these days, and does he ever want to open a restaurant in Texas? It all gets started right after this. Central Market is really into food, like fish flown in so fresh it still has jet lag into food. Our sourdough starter has been around since grunge was a thing into food. We're talking more prime cuts than a greatest hits album into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then we're the HQ for you. Whether you're a make-every-recipe-in-the-cookbook foodie or a my-favorite-recipe-is-reheat type who just digs the delectable, no place makes every day more delicious like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com. Welcome back, everyone. Be sure to go to dallasnews.com slash food for information on our show and lots of food and drink stories. And you can always share your thoughts with us at eatdrinkdallasnews.com. Also, a quick request for returning Eat Drink DFW listeners. If you keep coming back for new episodes and enjoy what you're hearing, please leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't like what you're hearing, that's okay, too. Just tell us what you'd like to hear more of. Later on, we'll be talking to celeb chef Scott Conant. But first, let's chat about the latest food trends with writer Claire Baller and producer Julie Fisk. Reporters Sarah Blaskovich and Imelda Garcia are off this week. So, Claire, you recently wrote about a new app that is launching in the Dallas area that works with local restaurants to help combat food waste. Can you tell us about that? It is an app called Too Good To Go, and it is new to Dallas, but it's actually been around for several years. It started in Europe and made its way to the U.S. in 2020, I believe. It is an app that partners with restaurants and bakeries and food businesses to help reduce food waste. How it works is you download the app and you essentially like order bags of food through the app like you would a third party food delivery service. And they have mystery bags. For example, if you were to pull up the app right now in the Dallas area, you would see Tiff Streets come up. You can buy a mystery bag of Tiff Streets available for pickup in a certain designated window. I think Tiff Streets, usually it's all day. You pay a flat fee for it. You don't know what you're going to get. You show up and they have a little bag ready for you. I can speak from experience because I did this the other day. I paid $5.99 for a mystery bag of Tiff Streets and I got a dozen cookies, which normally would cost you $21 pre-tax. And they were great and so cheap (laughs) for what I got. I couldn't (laughs) believe it. So these are cookies that um, maybe they overmade for that day and would get rid of one way or another at the end of the day. Other businesses locally that are partnering with this app are Empire Baking Company. So breads that they've overmade for the day. Eataly is another one that's on there. You can get mystery bags of groceries. Again, you don't know what you're going to get. 
I think they have three size options. And for like the extra large bag, you're getting $60 worth of groceries for $19.99. And you don't know what you're going to get, which I think is so fun. I've heard from people who've gotten pasta kits, fresh mozzarella, fruits and vegetables, things like that. So it's a cool concept. And it seems like it has already taken off here. Uh, A lot of these bags sell out quickly every day. Other restaurants that are on there are Malibu Poke, Snap Kitchen, and then a lot of donut shops and other small bakeries. So what do bakeries usually do with these goods before this app existed? So the owner of Palmieri Cafe actually donates all of the pastries that are left over at the end of the day to a local nonprofit here in Dallas. He's still going to do that, but now he's reserving a few pastries every day to sell in these bags. I asked him why. Why why do that? And he said, you know, this gives us an opportunity to let people try our pastries at a lower price point. They're just as good as they were 30 minutes earlier. Right. <laughs> but this is kind of giving him and other businesses too some variety to offer the things that they make to consumers at a lower price point while also making sure that it's not going to waste. That's excellent. Thanks, Claire. Last week, one of our trending reporters, Sarah Bahari, wrote about the new Dr. Pepper float ice cream from Bluebell. People on social media were pretty excited about this. And so our Producer Julie Fisk went and hunted down some of this ice cream, and now we are going to see if it really does taste like Dr. Pepper, because we looked up the ingredients, and there's actually no Dr. Pepper in the ice cream. It's skim milk, corn syrup, milk, cream, sugar, and flavors. So Claire, do you want to go first? I will. First of all, the look of it is not what I was expecting. It is swirled. Mm -hmm. Like it isn't one homogenous color. It has clearly like vanilla ice cream and the muddy brown color of a root beer float going on in it. So I'm already uh, impressed by that. It actually looks like a float already, but maybe that's because ours is a little melted. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting some Dr. Pepper. It's, it's there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) If not officially, it's the essence of Dr. Pepper. To me, it tastes like the dregs of a root beer float. You know, like the bottom part where everything's really all melted together. Granted, we are eating rather melty ice cream right now. Yeah. We should eat it with a straw. You like it? hmm <laughs> It mostly tastes like vanilla to me. Yeah, it's vanilla forward. The Dr. Pepper is subtle. And ours is a little fizzy too, so it almost looks like a- Why is it fizzy? Is ice cream supposed to be fizzy? <laughs> it is a little fizzy. I think maybe that's just because it's kind of melted, which I actually don't mind it. It feels float-like. authentic, like a float. Maybe this is the tip. Drink it while it's viscous. <laughs> Because nothing says delicious like viscous. (laughs) Yeah, it is good. And I do get that sort of fizzy carbonated mouthfeel like you get with a with a float. So Sarah, Sarah Blaskovich said that she tried this over the weekend and liked it. And what I want to ask her is what consistency was hers? I'm sure she probably ate it in a more solid form than ours. I would recommend this, though, you know, leaving it out on the counter a little bit and letting it get kind of a little bit soupy on the top. Yeah. And it's also very nostalgic and tastes like summer to me. I think it's a cool thing, right? You have two culturally significant Texas food brands coming together, which is a cool thing. I have been outspoken that I'm not, you know, Bluebell's not at the top of my list for ice creams, but I think this is a cool thing that they did. Same here. I'm surprised this hasn't happened before. Like, I'm surprised that it's 2023 and they're just not doing this, so. Yeah, so you noticed the other day that Howdy Homemade Ice Cream in Dallas actually has a Dr. Pepper They do. Apparently they have a Dr. Pepper flavor that has, uh, I think, chocolate chips. And Whataburger has a Dr. Pepper shake, which I have gotten a few times. It's really good. So if anyone is really into the Dr. Pepper ice cream combo, there's your homework. Try the three of those, stack them up next to each other and see what comes out on top. 
Read more about this new ice cream at dallasnews.com slash food and get some hints on where to find it locally. Stick around as we're joined by Chef Scott Conan. That's right after this. Central Market is really into food. Like when we say cheese, it's in 12 languages into food. Butchers, bakers, and sushi roll makers into food. We're talking so obsessive about quality you can shop blindfolded into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then let us turn your shopping list into a treasure map. Get inspired, get adventurous, or just get a chef-made dinner when you've got more taste buds than time. No place makes every meal more amazing like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com. Welcome back, everyone. Food Network star Scott Conan is going to be in Frisco this weekend for the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship. He and other celebrity chefs like Andrew Zimmern and local chef Nikki Penyawatna of Asian Mint will be conducting some fun cooking demonstrations May 25th through 27th. So welcome, Scott. What are you going to be cooking this weekend in Frisco? You know, it's it's summertime. Summertime is upon us. Uh-huh. So I think there's nothing better than a lobster roll. So we're going to do a Connecticut-style lobster roll, which is cooked in this beautiful butter bath. It's kind of decadent, but it's really delicious. Kind of decadent. It sounds very decadent. <laughs> yeah. Uber, Uber decadent. decadent. <laughs> and so who are you going to be with this weekend in Frisco? Well, I know that we have uh, Andrew Zimmern is going to be coming along, right. um, which I'm really excited to spend some time with him. Andrew, you know, it's, it's one thing as chefs, we, we see each other at various events and we're friends. But Andrew and I are good friends, so I don't often see him. So it'll be great to see him. And so how often do you yeah. come to Texas? Well, I don't get to Texas as often as I'd like to. Um, the last time I was there, we were doing a dinner up at Willie Nelson's Ranch outside of Austin. Um, I grew up a huge Willie Nelson fan. And I don't think anybody represents Texas better than Willie Nelson. You're Texan, so you can tell me. <laughs> no, you're correct. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, that's so good. Yeah, we did, a, we did a dinner up at his ranch. It was one of the most special events I'd ever done. And... Um, I actually did it with Dean Faring as well, and Dean and I have been friends for years. So one of the things I'm looking forward to coming through Dallas is maybe stopping by and seeing Dean. Earlier, you told us how Dean Fearing's cookbook was one of the first chef books that you bought when you were younger. Can you yeah, tell us a bit more yeah. about that? <laughs> when I was coming up as a young as a young cook, I bought Dean Fearing's cookbook. He was the first kind of celebrity chef-driven cookbook I'd ever purchased. Dean's a longtime friend. Years ago, we uh, did a, a photo shoot together for Gourmet Magazine when that was still around. And we were on the cover. I was kind of the young chef. And Dean was obviously and continues to be this amazing legend. What do you remember cooking out of that book? I think I just looked at the pictures because they were all, <laughs> they, <laughs> it was so great. Um, I, you know, I, I was cooking high-end Italian food at the time. And I think I just needed a break from, you know, all the olive oils and stuff like that. Scott, you live in the Phoenix area. Is that right? I do. Scottsdale. Okay. Okay, awesome. I'm from the Phoenix area. I'm curious, what's your take on the restaurant scene there currently? Oh, it's really growing. There's a new Rich Carlton that's opening up in Scottsdale. And with that is uh, they're coming a whole bunch of new international restaurants. I mean, it's really, it's an exciting time to be in Scottsdale. It's changed drastically since you first moved there as the restaurant industry has as a whole nationwide. What are, what would you say are, are the main challenges that you're seeing right now as a chef and restaurant operator in the industry? Well, I think it's better to go through what isn't a challenge. These days. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> because the challenges are piling up on us. Uh, you know, the cost of doing business, the cost of goods, the labor costs, occupancy expenses are, are skyrocketing as well. There's a huge burden on business owners' shoulders these days, particularly small business owners. It's a challenge. It's just a challenge. The business that I started in uh, as a 15-year-old kid and the business that this has evolved into 
really don't have a lot to do with each other anymore. What do you think needs to change about the industry for it to improve? I don't think anybody has an answer for that, honestly. You know, food costs are not going to go down. There's only so much you can charge guests when they come into your restaurant. If you want your, your margins to be correct, what a lot of restaurants are charging these days, it's offensive to a mm-hmm. guest and it's understandable. I go out to eat quite a bit. Fortunately, I don't drink anymore because that really, <laughs> what that does to your bill at the end of the night. But, you know, it's a real challenge. You know, you have a great experience in a restaurant and they drop the check and you open it up. I'm sensitive to this, you know, as a business owner and as a guest in restaurants, you don't want that to be a negative experience for a guest. There's an expectation that you have to pay for an experience but sometimes it's just astronomical. But what are you going to do when costs are so out of whack? They're just not lining up the way they used to. Yeah, that's so true. And it seems like we talk about business a lot more now in covering restaurants instead of like the Mm -hmm. art of it. So Scott, in the past, I would say maybe three years or so, we have seen quite a significant Italian restaurant boom here in the Dallas area. (laughs) Are you seeing that? Yeah, Yeah, I've been doing this a long time. And there's so many Italian restaurants that are opening up. You know, so many Italian-American restaurants, I think Carbone out of New York City, really mm-hmm. kind of changed the landscape for the expectation of what an Italian-American restaurant experience is going to be like, which is different than an Italian experience, you know? Right. Um, and I think you're starting to see that coming together and merging a little bit more than it ever has in the past, which is great to see. So, I mean, I, you know, having cooked Italian food and being Italian-American, it's great to see the interest in the cuisine. Let's talk about Italian food a little bit and your, your favorite childhood food memories and how that's affected yeah. how you cook today. You know, everybody always asks me, what do you grow up? I'm from uh, Connecticut originally. We call them grinders, heroes, subs. I mean, I love an Italian-American hero. I will eat that any day of the week. I wish it didn't have an effect on my weight like it, you know, <laughs> the way it does. It didn't used to happen this way. But, <laughs> but yeah, those Italian-American heroes, they're just the best, particularly if you look at Philadelphia all the way up through Boston. There's so many uh, Italian delis up there. And I feel like a lot of the national chains just don't grab the spirit of what those sandwiches are all about. Okay, so uh, this is can be a contentious subject, but what, what is your favorite pasta shape? Oh, that's a, it's a tough one. It depends. Can, dried or fresh? Can I do one or one dried uh, or fresh? Sure, sure, sure. Okay, good. That was, that was a nice balance. Thank you. <laughs> I think a, for me, a dry spaghetti but a little bit thicker. Like I like a spaghettoni, mm. like a little bit thicker. And as far as a fresh pasta, it would have to be fresh tagliatelle. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's good, not so bad. Choices. I like a long, yeah, a longer pasta. Listen, they're not sexy pastas, right? It's not like cavatappi or cavatelli, <laughs> which are, you know, but they're workhorses and they're solid. And I think they make a lot of people happy. They make me happy. And so what right now is in your fridge and pantry at home? Like some of your essentials? Oh, you know, I always have some kind of fish uh, in the freezer ready to be thawed out. Um, Yesterday I had, you know, the Japanese eel that my daughter and I just took down a whole whole side of that. It was pretty awesome. You know, always extra virgin olive oil, garlic, crushed red pepper. Those are like the staples in every kitchen. And my wife is Turkish, so we have a lot of Turkish ingredients also. There's this pepper paste that we always have in the refrigerator. Um, I have a lot of pasta in the house. I don't eat pasta all the time because, as I said earlier, I can look at a plate of pasta and put on five pounds. Right. I, I can't figure it out. <laughs> but, yeah, chicken cutlets are always a go-to. So I have chicken thighs, some kind of fish, and condiments like that. And so how did you cook the eel? 
you guys have H Marts outside mm-hmm. of, in the Dallas area? Yep. And they're so awesome, right? So they sell those with eel sauce pre-prepared. It's just so good. My older daughter and I just really love it. That's a great tip. Good. It's that just is. already done. It's just heated up, you know, cooked all the way through. And with the with sauce the right sauce there, that's excellent. So Scott, there is, I guess we can call it a, a sort of Phoenix to Dallas pipeline uh, that we've been seeing here <laughs> over the years of, of chefs coming from the Phoenix area and bringing their restaurant concepts to Dallas. Should we expect mm-hmm. to see uh, you part of that pipeline at any point? You got investors for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always willing to talk. And that's all the time we have for Eat Drink DFW this week. Thank you all for joining and I hope we've made you hungry for more. We also want to hear from you, so share your food thoughts, favorite restaurants, or tasty recipes with us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. The show is produced by Julie Fisk. To stay up to date on every episode of this show and hear more from our newsroom, just follow the Dallas Morning News wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please rate the show and give us a good review. Find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com slash listen. You'll also find a special membership offer there just for listeners. For the news, I'm Erin Bookie. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Eat, drink, DFW. From the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market. Spoken Layer Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.